some of us that are here this evening, it may be quite miraculous that you're here. Uh, maybe it's been a stressful uh, couple days leading up to Christmas where, you know, last second shopping, lines wrapped around the mall and, you know, traffic everywhere. But you're here this evening. And what a blessing it is to be able to be in church where we need to be worshiping the Lord. You know, sometimes things just don't turn out the way that you think they're going to turn out. Uh, sometimes we have no idea the great plans that God has in store for us because of our current circumstances. You know, I was thinking about how some things in my life that I thought were just not really the way I would have planned them to go ended up turning out for the good. You know, I remember one time I was visiting Ruth's family in the UK and I was supposed to speak at a at a conference out there. It was a big summer conference and a lot of people were going to be there. And uh, back in those days, I used to have what was called a faux hawk. You know me, I've always had crazy hair. Uh, people, you know, look at me now and think I'm a younger version of Santa Claus. But for this time of the year, it works out great. Uh, but I remember back then, and, uh, you know, I, I used to have just long hair in the middle all the way back, and I used to just trim up the, the sides. I know some of you think you need to trim up the middle too, Garrett. But uh, I remember this particular time in, uh, in the summer when I was in, I was actually in Cardiff, Wales. I was staying at Ruth's parents' house, and the guard slipped on my hair clippers, and I gave myself a four-inch strip of skin, like right here in the middle of my head, and I could not believe that I did that. I came walking downstairs, and I was holding my head, and, and Ruth's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, well, you're never going to believe what I just did. And I remove my hand, and of course, everyone that's there starts laughing, which made it even better. And uh, you had just shaved a strip like that's supposed to happen in the movies. And not only was it the fact that I was the fact that I had this happen to me, I was actually very tan. You know, most of the year, I'm not as Swedish as I look right now. I uh, use the summer tan. And I had to shave my whole head because I had this massive strip of skinhead. And uh, so my face was extremely tan and my head was uh, extremely white. And so I got up to speak at this conference and I looked like a literal human Q-tip. And that was not cool at all. It took my confidence and absolutely shattered it as I got up to speak in front of these people who looked at Americans as, you know, being over the top as it were, uh, you know, normally. And then, you know, I had to speak. Didn't really quite plan how I you know, didn't quite go exactly how I planned it to go. You know, for those of you that have known me for some time, you know that I didn't plan on being a pastor. Uh, I didn't plan on having a career injury in college that ended my basketball career and kind of pushed me in the direction of going to Bible college. That wasn't exactly how I had planned it. When I married Ruth, which was actually way better than I could have ever planned, she said, let's look at these apartments in Orchard Hills. There's this brand new community in Irvine called Orchard Hills, and I think we should go look at them. She found an apartment on Craigslist that was available just right here. It was before the school was built, actually, and any of the homes uh, that are around here were, were built. At the time, I was living um, on PCH in Golden West in Huntington Beach. I used to ride my bike and go surfing the north side of the pier. And so moving to Orchard Hills was not exactly how I planned it to go. Uh, but, you know, we ended up moving out here. And I was thinking about if I never would have broke my hip in college, I would have never stopped playing basketball, at least not at the time that I did. I would have never gone to Bible college. 
And if I'd never gone to Bible college, I never would have met one of my good friends, Mike Chaddick. And if I never would have met Mike Chaddick, I never would have been told that I need to meet a girl named Ruth Vickery. And if I would have never met Ruth Vickery, I would have never married her. And if I never married her, I would never have moved to Orchard Hills. And if I never had moved to Orchard Hills, we wouldn't be standing here tonight having this church. Now, all of this, don't worry, is leading up to something. It's a point. Sometimes things don't turn out the way that we think they are going to turn out. Sometimes our dreams are quite uh, different from reality. You know, sometimes we'll hear people, you know, with motivational talks saying, don't let your dreams remain dreams or something to that effect. And, you know, two Sundays ago, we had a study called The Inconvenient Christmas, where Mary and Joseph, celebrating the first Christmas ever in the history of mankind, had some of the most inconvenient things happen to them. Inconvenience can be a really, really bad thing. You know, and we seem to get all bent out of shape when things don't turn out the way that we want them to turn out. But I would like to encourage you tonight, for those of you that are maybe going through one of those times considered an inconvenience, that often they are blessings in disguise. And often there are things that are already working on the other side of the world, so to speak, that God has already set in motion, that you are going to endure these things and experience these difficulties, and you're going to find that what you didn't know ended up being something really great. See, the Bible says, Jesus said it himself, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things shall be added unto you. And so if you're seeking the the Lord first, if you're seeking his kingdom and his righteousness, regardless of what you may see tonight, regardless of how you may feel, I want you to know without a shadow of a doubt that God sees all things, he knows all things, he hears all things, and he is in complete control, and that even, yes, this, whatever difficulty it may be that you're experiencing, that it will work out for your good if you love the Lord and you're called according to his purpose. You know, this has been a big weekend in the movie industry with that film, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. And, you know, Star Wars nowadays has kind of become part of pop culture. You know, may the force be with you, Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker, all of these things that were, you know, if we're honest, were nerdy when they first came out. And there was a real subculture that was just really, you know, hardcore about Star Wars. Um, but it's become more acceptable, and it's become something that now we just throw things uh, out. Like, you know, these aren't the droids you're looking for, and we know what that means, you know. And it's become one of those things where, you know, we, we accept it. And, you know, I, I wrote this and I think this is more like a summary in just kind of uh, the theme of, of a weekend where, you know, everyone's talking about Star Wars. I, I kind of took a summary approach to what we've been studying here on Sunday mornings at Vision City Church, and I kind of put it down like this. In a galaxy far from being far away lived a man named Joseph and his bay. Mary was her name, and onto a little town called Bethlehem they made their way. From a place called Nazareth, Caesar Augustus said they could not stay. When they finally arrived after a long road traveled, Joseph's plans for shelter began to unravel. No place to stay, not even for the wife. If you know anything about pregnancy, keep mommy happy or lose your life. 
See, Mary was pregnant, about to have a baby, and they needed a room. I can hear Joseph explaining the barn was the only option. And besides, it was raining. Maybe. Now it was time. Mary grabbed Joseph's arm. She only meant to restrain him, not cause him harm. Joseph cried out, I should have got a referral. Now I'm the one that needs an epidural. All joking aside, one can only wonder what it was like to sleep out under the same roof with cattle, sheep, and hay as the Son of God was born that day. Not in a palace, not sat on a throne, but laid in a manger with mom and dad alone. The greatest gift that was ever given, Jesus was born that we might be forgiven of all of our sins and healed of all of our sorrows from yesterday, today, and all of our tomorrows. And that's what Christmas is all about. The stories that we've heard for years and years. Don't worry, the poem's over. It's not going to rhyme with the next word. Those songs that we've sung. The church services that we've attended. This is what it's all about. And one of my favorite verses, and if you, can, if you call Vision City Church your home church, you've heard me share this verse a number of times, but it's been one of those things that I have kept with me and I like to share with you. In Matthew 121, it says, And she, Mary, will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The Bible tells us in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so there is a way to be forgiven of our sins, and that's through faith in Jesus. Saving the world from its sins is the reason for the Christmas season. And as we walk through the malls, as we drive around listening to Coast 103.5, you know, we're singing of Jesus' birth. We are. Now, the consequences of sin is death, but remember, the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, if I could just see a show of hands, I mean, I hope this isn't wishful thinking, but, I mean, how many of you are hoping to get a present this year? How many of you kids are excited for Christmas tomorrow? I can't hear you. Any kids excited or grown-up kids excited for Christmas? Come on, who's excited for Christmas? You, yes. How many of you are hoping that you get a present tomorrow? Yes. Sorry, parents, I don't mean to be putting pressure on you. One doesn't usually pay to receive gifts. Gifts are very interesting like that. I mean, how about getting a present that you actually like? Hopefully, you don't have to pay your friends and family to get you a gift on your birthday or at Christmas. Hey, if I give you some money, can you wrap something up and then give it to me on Christmas? Kind of defeats the whole purpose of a gift, right? I mean, let's just say for some of you out here that you needed a car. You need a car. You're, you're having problems traveling. You know you're in a tough spot because your Razor scooter broke down and now you can't get to work. Your ride to work is broken. 
got a flat. And to your great surprise, on Christmas morning, you come downstairs and you see hanging there beneath the mantle, hooked to your stocking, a pair of keys. And then you walk outside after grasping those keys and you're thinking to yourself, no way, come on. No, no way. Like I remember that dad that was, uh, he was actually, you know, he he promised his son that if he could raise $2,000 and if he got straight A's, you know, uh, that semester that he would 50-50 a down payment on a car. And so he drives him in his car and he drives him through a Porsche parking lot. And the kid's sitting there like, no way, dad, no way, a Porsche. And he's like, you're absolutely right, no way. And then he takes him to the used car dealership next door. No way. (laughs) So you go outside and you see this brand new car. And the keys work. But you walk back in the house and you take those keys and you toss them in the fruit bowl on your counter. And you start getting ready to walk to work. And your family might ask, are you out of your mind? Are you crazy? I mean, you grab those keys, rip the bow off the car, open it, get into your brand new car, take it for a spin. Wow, what a gift. You call your friends. You call your family. You'd call your boyfriend that broke up with you and tell him I got a brand new car. You know, he broke up with you because you used to drive him around on your razor and now you couldn't go on dates but the point is that you'd open your gift you would receive it you know when I was a kid I don't know how many of you kids do this but when I was a kid my brothers would hunt and I would hunt high and low for every Christmas gift every gift I mean, we would just know the ins and outs of every single place that they could possibly be hiding our Christmas gifts. I mean, you'd find that present too, and then, oh, it's a little cash right over here. We'd open it up. Okay, let's move that blanket, and then, oh, okay, let's start, you know, okay, peel back a little bit of a corner just to get a peek. Sometimes you'd even be a little more brazen, and you would shake it. Oh, it's Legos, you know, or whatever it might be. But did you know that the Bible says, and we read it already, that salvation is a present from God? The Bible says that it's a gift from God. Yet, do you realize that some people, they never even open it? They might look at it. They might admire the wrapping. And I know some of you know how to wrap some presents. I couldn't wrap a present to save my life. Gift bags are from heaven when it comes to me. But some of you, you know how to peel those corners, you know, to get the edges straight. I mean, you're you're just like a geometrical genius when it comes to shapes and sizes and corners. And man, it just looks beautiful. You might wrap it with some string and then a bow. And then you might even know how to take those scissors and you pull out the the, the string and it curls up like that. And you're like, oh, it's amazing. And some people might admire the wrapping. They might admire the package. They may peel back a corner and they may even shake it a little bit to see what it is. But they never open it. And if you don't ever open the present or open the gift, it doesn't do anything for you. It just remains there. It would be like if maybe you 
got an Xbox or a PlayStation or an LOL surprise or a doll or something, and you peeled it back, looked at what it was, and said, no, I'm leaving it. You would think, come on, open it up. This is what you've been waiting for. This is what you've always wanted. This is the greatest gift that has ever been given to mankind. The Bible says in Romans 5, 6 through 8, for when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. And guess what it says? For scarcely, for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I think that's something that is so simple that we can all understand. You might think, well, man, that's a great person. Of course I'd lay my life down for them. Oh, they're so good. They're a good man. Or that's a good woman. That's my, that's my friend. I love them. That's family. Of course I'd lay my life down. See, God took it one step further. Not only did he send his only son, but it says that he laid his life down for those that hated him. Those that were his enemies. Those that were sinners, those that would reject him. And it says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, and over the course of the last few weeks, we've looked at the historical account of Joseph and Mary and Jesus' birth, and we're reminded of that immutable truth that Mary brought forth the son, Matthew 121, and they shall call his name Jesus, and he saved his people from their sins. At the time of Christmas, it, will, it was future. You will call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. But for us tonight, he did. It's already done. He saved his people from their sins. And that's why we're here. Maybe you've been invited by a friend or a family member, and maybe... It's one of those times of the year where maybe your heart's a little more softened to the things of the Lord. Maybe there's been certain things happening in your life that have brought you to this point where it's Christmas. Well, I want you to know that it's not accidental that you're here this evening. You may have thought it was bribery that you were here tonight. No, it's not that. The reason that you're here is because God brought you here. He was the one that protected you as you drove here. He was the one that, you know, with the lights, with the traffic, with the family, he even saved your seat for you that you're sitting in right now. And if you don't believe me, you can just look under your chair. Your name's written there. No, I'm just kidding. You're not, it's not really, but you're there, right? Well, what if you move over to the next one? Well, you'll find that that was that open seat for you. God brought you here so that you might know him, that he loves you, that he sent his only son, Jesus, to die for you. And with all the hustle and bustle of Christmas, that you might even be able to say that tonight, this Christmas Eve, my life changed. Things that I may have not understood, things that I didn't like, things that were even very difficult, things that maybe turned out not the way that I would have planned them, things that were just, quite frankly, very inconvenient to say the least, 
you may actually experience that God was in control the entire time and has brought you to this very point so that you might know him as your personal Lord and Savior. And so I'm going to invite the band to come up because they're going to close out with one last song. And as they're on their way up, if you're here this evening, and maybe it's been a long time since you've been to church, maybe it's just kind of a little different coming to church in a gymnasium. You know, it's not your traditional kind of thing that you would see from a chapel or a church. But the church is the people. And the people belong to the Lord. And you were created to know him. And if you're here tonight and it's been a long time and you've walked away from the Lord, and maybe you'd say, you know what, I remember when I was younger, I thought I had a relationship with God. Or maybe you grew up in a Christian home, but it never really transferred over to you as an adult because you had to make your own decisions about what you were going to do with your faith. Well, I want to give you the opportunity to recommit your life to Jesus this evening. If you're here as well and you have never, ever put your faith in Jesus, if you have never said anything even close to the sinner's prayer, really just as a guideline of having a right relationship with God, I'd like to lead you in a very simple prayer. That regardless of the sin that you brought in with you tonight, you could leave this place forgiven. You could leave this place holy. You could leave this place having assurance of salvation and knowing that Jesus Christ came to this world to die on the cross so that he might forgive you of your sins. So would you please join with me as we pray? Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, so much for this night. We thank you, Lord, for this church, this group of people, Lord, that have come out on Christmas Eve to celebrate the birth of your son, Jesus. And Lord, it's because of what Jesus did for us on the cross that we're able to have a relationship with you. We don't have to be afraid of you. We don't have to be afraid of what happens after this life. Because in putting our faith in you, Lord, our sins are immediately forgiven. Our sins are washed away. And Lord, I ask, God, for those that are here that may have walked away from you, those, Lord, that are here that do not know you personally, that even if they've done an inventory in their own life and looked at, you know, I've done wrong things, and, you know, I, I've said things and have thought things and have done things that are wrong, who hasn't? Lord, your word tells us that all have sinned and fall short of your glory. That there's none righteous, no, not one. And so, Lord, I pray tonight for those that need their sins forgiven, Lord. Those that do not know you, that tonight they would make that decision to put their faith in you. And with every eye closed and every head bowed, if you're here this evening, just in these final moments... And you have walked away from the Lord, but you're back here on Christmas Eve. Maybe you've gone full circle and now you're back at that place where Christ is born. And what does that mean for my life? What does Christ being born mean for me right now? If that's you and you need to recommit your life to Jesus, then with every eye closed and head bowed, I'd like you just to raise your hand and say, yes, I'd like to recommit my life to Jesus tonight. Would you just raise your hand so I can pray for you? And then I'm going to lead you in a very simple prayer. Just hold your hand up so I can see it. Every eye should be closed. Every head should be bowed. 
If you're watching this online as well, you can raise your hand as well. If you're here this evening and you've never put your faith in Jesus and you would like to have your sins forgiven, you'd like to have that relationship with God who created you, the reason for this season is Jesus and what Jesus' life meant was forgiveness of sins. And if you've never given your life to Jesus and you'd like to receive him today, have your sins forgiven, then I'd like you just to raise your hand wherever you're at. If that's you, it doesn't matter where you're from or what you've done, just raise your hand and say, yes, I'd like to be forgiven of my sins. And I'm gonna lead you in a prayer right now. Would you please close your eyes and bow your head and just repeat this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I know that I have sinned, but I ask that you would forgive me of my sin and fill me with your Holy Spirit. I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you died on the, on the cross for me. I thank you that you have forgiven me of all my sin. Would you fill me with your love and your joy and your peace and give me your strength that I may be who you've created me to be for I give you my life today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. Well, tonight has been a wonderful evening, and if you prayed that prayer to receive Jesus and you're watching this from some other place in the country and even from around the world as people tune in, please write to us. We'd love to send you some material and help jumpstart this new relationship that you're starting with the Lord tonight. If you're here in person, Please see me afterwards or any of our leaders. We'd love to pray with you and just help you as you start this new relationship with the Lord tonight as well. But again, great job, kids. Loved having you in the service tonight. Great performance. Memora family and the very own Vision City Church Band, great having them with us to lead us in carols. And we're going to close out with one last song and then send you on your way. So may the Lord bless you tonight. May you have a wonderful time with friends and family. May he keep you in the center of his perfect will. And may we never forget that Jesus is truly the reason for the Christmas season.